We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to 2020 from the eight black hands, man. It has been Ah, such a blast doing this stuff, man. Welcome to the new decade. Fellas, how are you all doing, man? I'm going to go down the line because it's a new decade. We just left. Is it really? really yes, we, yeah, it is. It, it is. actually is. And Sharif, is. we'll start with you. Yeah. <laughs> Sharif, you want to tell the people hello? Give, tell, you know, say your highs to everybody because I'm sure they missed you. Yeah, absolutely. Great to be back. Happy New Year. Habar Ghani. alaikum. All that good stuff. All that you told it. Glad to be here. Good to see everybody. That's what's up, man. It's good to see you too, superstar. First off, let's just go ahead. Stop. Brag on, yeah. our, you know, <laughs> on our guy right now who's been all over the media about all the great work he's doing and getting picked for, you know, for, for, for groups and, and, and residencies and all that stuff, man. You deserve it. You know what I'm saying? And I know appreciate you're extremely humble, so we'll brag on your behalf. <laughs> appreciate you. No, it's been, got a good team working really hard and um, hopefully can uh, start re- doing some things to diversify and um, improve the quality of education for our youth. So that's what's up, man. Appreciate it. And uh, Christopher Stewart, how are you, brother? I'm doing well. Happy New Year's, everybody. Hope everybody's ready to go into this year, 2020 presidential year. Hope we're all ready to make the most of it. Hope we're ready for war, rumors of war, locusts, flames and fires. Y'all read the book of Revelations, right? Yeah. Right. That, that's what this is. You know what this is. Like, y'all y'all seen what this is. If you even a little bit can, you know what this is, right? So that's what this is. Happy New Year's, folks. Happy Revelations, my people. Yo, yo, yo the year ain't even really start real good. He already starting off with his shit. Well, you know, got to start. Listen, I've been holding it in. But you know there was an attack just now, right? There was an attack a few hours ago. So basically, I heard this. I heard this. So, so it was on Fort Missile. But it was missiles on like where U.S. soldiers was housed. And then they, Iran said, if we retaliate, then their next attack will be in uh, the continental U.S. Uh, or on, on U.S. soil, not just an embassy or a, a, a base. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's messed up. It's, we don't own, you know, after that, we're going to own like 50 million barrels of oil. So, I mean, you we'll, know. we'll see what happens. Bro, you got to be real sensitive talking about Iran, given the fact that one of of our castmates uh, went to went to school in Iran. You want to talk about your experience in Iran because I I've, and the reason why I want yes. you to paint context is because you know how folks are. They'll say, "Oh, Iran, enemy, enemy, enemy," and don't know nothing about what's going on in Iran. But I would rather hear from somebody that was there so you can paint us some context as to like how those people really are. I mean, you know what? How they are like they're human beings, right? Like they have the right. same fears yeah. and anxieties, and you know everything else. So you know. The same thing we talk about our children. Um, that's what they that's what they talk about. Like wanting the best for their children, wanting the best. You know, I, I would say one of the things that, you know, you hear a lot about, like, oh, they say death to America. And what they used to always say is like we're talking about the the international policies and the people who bomb countries incessantly, invade countries, do regime regime changes, all that kind of stuff. Um, but they're saying like the American people, we have no qualms with them whatsoever. We we appreciate them. You know, I was just, we were just talking about this, you know, even when they back in what, 79, when they took the American hostages, you know who they let go first? 
black people. Mm. I didn't know that. Yeah, they they let black wow. people. They're like, you know what? You're Jesse struggling. Jackson went and talked. Went and got them, right? Who? Didn't Jesse Jackson go get them? Anyway, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, but uh, I mean, he they let go of women and wait, and um, what? Jesse Jackson. Yeah, I think there. so. I think he. Bro, Jesse, oh, I mean, look, it's better than Dennis Rodman coming over. You know what I mean? And I hear you, and all that sounds good, and. You know, but if somebody said death to eight black hands and then they said, oh, no, I just mean the management, bro, I'm I'm still feeling that <laughs> kind of way. So, yeah, but uh, you got to you got to but also just right. keep in mind, eight black hands, not not doing regime changes. And, and I feel you. Listen, I hear you. Right. I, I live inside of the United States. Yeah, and if yeah. some bombs go off inside of this thing here. Uh, yeah, that 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 impact. I, mean, I don't I don't think all that's happening, but you don't. If I I, I you believe never know, when somebody you holding know. a missile says we just shot the missiles off on your people, shoot yeah. back if you want to. The next ones go here. You can test that gangster if you want to. Um, but, but, but but listen, man. Before we talk about that, you got to talk. You got to talk about the first incident that happened, man. I mean. Like, yo, you can't just kill people and then not expect for people oh, no, to listen, respond you keep, to that. Listen, I mean, it's the thing. I mean, we, uh, you know, listen, I don't want to see any of this stuff happen, man. But let's be honest, though, right? War, like, war is not the answer. War, war is not the answer. But let me, let's be real, though. What's like, it United what's States, it good the for, United right, States, right? Has, the United States, the United <laughs> States has not liked, <laughs> the United States has not liked Iran for a long time. Uh, you know what? You know, since wait, when? Even under Obama, even under Obama. But wait a minute. Tell, 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 tell them when. Tell them when. That Hillary oh. said early Cole, on since when? was that they need to be attacked. Cole. Hillary Clinton said she was going to attack them. Cole, so, since when? Since when? You you made a statement. Since when, though? What do you mean? Since, since when what? Since yeah, when? They, they uh, when? When? Since when did we not like them? Since, since, yeah. since they installed the show. And it's not... It's exactly. not, it's not we issue. They installed the show years exactly. ago. Exactly. 1950s, you know, yeah, right? Yeah, 1950s. Yeah. They, had a, they had a government that they elected, and the CIA, and the CIA tell you, like, oh, yeah, we overthrew them. Why? Because they wanted to nationalize their oil. Their oil, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. Like, we, we have enough problems within our country that we should just imagine the Listen, trillions I don't, of I don't, dollars. That's no problem. That's the basis, that's the basis of what he ran on. America first. So what the hell are we doing in Iran? What are we doing in Iraq uh, 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 attacking Iranians? What, what are we doing? You know, he's talking about America. He well, whipped, that's that's the thing with him, though. It doesn't matter. Like, he just yeah. wakes up one day, he's in a bad yeah. mood, and somebody's in a bad mood. I think, I think impeachment you know? is coming, and we need, and because I can't, I can't, I can't execute certain Bro, articles against you, you and while we're in the middle of a war. Impeach. That's true. Yeah. That's, that's the playbook, right? With Mitch McConnell. You can't repeat, you can't, you can't impeach him with Mitch McConnell as. Mitch McConnell ain't gonna let y'all do nothing to him. But but even on top of that, and you and and nothing's gonna happen if we in an active war as well, right? Like you can't. That's a fact. In a fragile state, yeah. you can't have a regime change in the middle of, of that. But anyway, Ray, do you want to say hello to people? That was a long hello. <laughs> I was about to say, man, that, that was like that's a show. It's been nice talking to you, brothers. <laughs> Peeps, what's up? Uh, Happy New Year. Uh, You have been missed. The energy uh, surrounded by this podcast is amazing. We cannot, we we look forward to uh, bringing y'all some heat in this uh, new decade. So we appreciate our followers and uh, and we're going to give you some good product. Yeah, man. Uh, That was great. for my welcome to 2020, Ray, I think you about to get the robot voice. I just heard it, but um, (laughs) But, uh, I can't wait. Over Me either. I can't Over wait either. But, uh, Pay your compact. Pay your compass bill, brother. <laughs> Super. <laughs> but, yep, I'm going to finish this. Thank you. And just welcome soon. I promise y'all. Go ahead, uh, bro. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. <laughs> it's all good, man. But, um, 
but so, so grateful for like the people that have been like really listening. And like over the last few weeks, we've had random listeners oh. tweet us and be like, man, yeah. we've been binging and listening and it's just crazy, man. So that's just super humbling and we super appreciate it. And then uh, on top of that, I spent no more supers. You use your two, you got your quarter. I'm going to say it 10 more times just because you said something. <laughs> and I super mean that. So uh, I was super busy over the break. Um, I recorded the audio book from start to finish, which does not have as many typos in it. Because when you're doing an audio book, you can fix that in a moment. So that's great. And just waiting to hear back. So we will send details when that happens. And guess what, Ray? I am super excited about it. So we have a great show for you all today. And Ray actually found this topic and it was really interesting. And so we're going to ask Ray to give us some context on it before the fellas jump in. Ray, the floor is yours, good brother. Sure. So it is a traditional public school. It's called Sunny Slope High School, located in Arizona. And so this high school is a phenomenal high school. It's uh, top 5% of... Uh, high-performing high schools in uh, traditional high-performing high schools in Arizona. And it's also, I think, top 10% in the nation. Um, and their enrollment process works this way. So the first, the students come in from in-district, right? And so after they're at capacity uh, with the district students, they open up the seats to um, to folks outside of the district on a first come first serve basis, and so I it immediately caught my attention because I saw tents and 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 people <laughs> outside for like thirty six plus hours or whatever making a sacrifice to get their kids into an elite high school, and it, it brought to my attention uh, the fact that you know we have really shit schools in order for people to have to go to those links in order to uh, make those kind of sacrifices to, to get their kids good schools. So I wanted to know y'all's thoughts on just the whole process. I mean, I, I tweeted this out today, so I'll just, I'll just say this. I tweeted it out today because we keep having this ongoing talking point about public schools being a public good. And the, you know, the, the textbook de definition of what a public good is, there's this technical word called rivalrous, rivalrous, which basically means if we all can use it like uh, a library, then it's a public good. Right. Right. But if me using it stops you from using it, it's no longer a public good. Like if there's only enough for certain people, it's not a public good anymore. Then it's the Hunger Games. So when we say that about public schools being a public good, they're not. It's a, it is a competition. Charles, you've told people over and over and over again, parents, you're on your own. But I just want people to know when they see people in tents sitting out overnight, inviting relatives from far away to come and hold their place in line so that they can get their kid into a privileged school, that is a contest. And if you see no black and brown faces in any of those tents, you are losing the contest. So when these fools come around talking to you about it's public good, Oh, it's, you know, it's a cornerstone of democracy. We all share it together. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's under, you know, uh, the, a school board and we all get to vote for it. Don't fall for it. Right. Because you're not in that tent right now. They, they, they whooping your ass right now in terms of getting their kids into good schools. Reef. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I 100% agree. I, I think the, a piece, Ray, that uh, you didn't mention, I think that's really important is that they take legacy students first. Yes. Their definition of legacy students is the children of the staff at the school. Right. So that's who first gets. So it's, it's like, you know, when we talk about like 
you know, access, right? Like, so while those people are in line, right, the first divs, first seats go to the people who work in the school. All right, Reef, you can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. What ways? All right. Yo, because because you because because on the one on the one respect, you will you you will criticize the hell out of someone in Philadelphia public schools for putting their kids in a private school, and whereas you have these people that are that are willing to put their kids in in this school. So I, I feel like that's that that's not. Nah. No, no, no. Well, well, you, wait, 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 a good school. They put see, a, they're not putting their kids in a trash school where they work. You have people in Chicago well, they, working they in trash schools, putting their kids, putting their kids well, in, in that school. But right, Cole, you appreciate how I let Ray finish um, right. his his uh, his <laughs> sentence, as erroneous as it was, and it should have been cut off because it was yes. flat out wrong. But I, I let him get it all out so that I can, you know, this retort. One, I I don't have any problem with anybody choosing wherever they want to send. My problem is if you exercise that and then stand in the way of poor black brown families, that's my issue. When you say like, no, this is good enough for me and not thee, I'm, you know, when uh, half the teachers and half the staff are put, choosing their kids' schools, but then telling other people, go into the board meetings and, and demanding that other families don't have that right, that's my issue. But my thing is like, just wait a minute, limited seating. It's not, you know, I'm just trying to think of like the desperation of folks to, to be in a camping, you know, it, you know, I called it camping for schools, right? But I'm going to do y'all one better. Nah, that was some of, that was a affluent camping trip. If you look yeah. at like the RVs and all. <laughs> yeah, check this out. Yeah, Philadelphia. I mean, they had real folks gear were out coming. there too, didn't they? Yeah. They had like Eddie Bauer gear like, out like, there. And North Face, <laughs> Eddie Bauer, North Face, like like yeah, they had the real shit. Camp out. Yeah, they had they had the exactly. real stuff out there. Exactly. I mean, yeah. in Philly, we had a school like that that you know was predominantly black um, because was of Latin. No, no, not boys Latin. That's a that's a charter. Um, Penn Alexander. Mm. It was a predominant. It was in a black neighborhood. Uh, it was Penn University of Pennsylvania started investing in it um, because they wanted to attract middle class professors, upper middle class. Right, the houses in that catchment. First of all, if you saw how they drew the catchment, mm. you know, a catchment should kind of be in a circle, a square, some some kind of shape that my three year old will recognize. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what a catchment should look like. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. If you saw this drawing, it would look like the three year old drew it. It looks like her <laughs> scribble scrabble. Right. And this is how they did that. Right. And these are these wow. are the this is the issue that I have, like these kind of, you know, behind the scenes stuff. And then say, oh, no, you don't live here. And how do we debrown this? How do we mm-hmm. debrown this? Um, this area. It got so bad, even even black families that were renting in the neighborhood had to move because landlords like, oh, I can get money off of of this, right? And they jacked the rent up so high that black families just started exiting. So you went from like 90% black down to probably 10, 15, 20% black, right? And the same thing, you know, that line, the RV, people were coming with RVs 96 hours before you know, the registration yeah. was actually open in 96 hours. And they were just talking about, you know, somebody wrote a good article. Um, it was just sharing his, his experience of just like the privilege that you have to have in order to have somebody sitting in line that long. Right. And the fact that people are coming with tents and RVs and and doing swaps like, OK, now I'm going to take this spot, you know, for 96 hours and just. How many families don't have that? And what are they, you know, and what's their choice? What's their second choice? Where do they um, get to do, to go? And I, I just wish, you know, everybody had 
the opportunity to have as great of a school that would cause people to be in an RV. Like Charles, everybody jump in, deserves that. Charles, jump I mean, in. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I was listening to him. I think that like when I read this or I hear about you're this, you're the robot, bro. You said I'm uh, robot. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, auto tune. Hey, yes, yeah. Am I back? Come on, auto tune. I mean, I'm, I'm just getting ready to record this album. That's all. Um, <laughs> but as I, but when I listen to this, right, and I hear these things, like I'm just not, I'm not excited. I'm not like super upset. Super. Happy. I'm, you know, I'm just because it, it just is what it is at this point, right? Like the main, the facts remain that have always remained. Parents are going to do whatever they can to get the most for their kids. And I think the robot is still happening or whatnot. So and I'm loving it. I mean, I, I need I need to holler at WeWork because I pay them rent. So I don't know what this should be an issue. But but the point is what I'm saying is like I, I do say this every time and I'm kind of getting tired of saying it, but 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 folks kind of are on their own, man. If we are waiting and expecting for people to look out for our kids, man. It's just, it's, they not coming. There's no Superman coming. Like, if no, I'm not going to tell nobody to sacrifice their kid at the teat of a public school. I just, I don't care. And here's the thing. You know what, pick though? What you I mean, pick. pick what you, you want to pick. But you can't always, see, see, you can't always pick what you're going to pick depending on what resources that you have. And I what, agree. What, and, and what Sharif, what I heard in what you said is the public school hustle. You have people in the middle class and the upper middle class who find their section of the public school system and then they become public school lovers. Yes. And they do all this gerrymandering yeah. to make sure that their kid gets in the magnet or gets into the university school or the early college or the Montessori that's on the campus or whatever. Mm-hmm. They do all the like, you know, pushing around the, the people in power, making them draw special boundaries and all that. And then they're super public school um, supporters. And when your poor people start trying to leave, they want to shut the gates off because they require them to be in the system so the money can be extracted yes. from the poorer people right. and keep the yes. damn magnets going. And right? you, yes. but you're making my point. Yeah, yeah, like, so it's, like, it's like class warfare. It's not just that you're on your own. These people are at war with you. It's a soft war. It's a silent war. Yeah. They, and what, and what, what Sharif said was, these are black folks. At, at the Penn School, at least. These are middle class. So your own people, once they get a little status and get a little class, it's not just that you're on your own. Why, why, can I, they can actually I, can at I, war with you. Let me, let me ask you this, and I'm not, I'm not trying to even be controversial. I just, yes, you are. If you start the shit off by saying I'm not trying to be controversial. <laughs> if he says that, if he says that, right? You know, because if he, he says said, that up front. No, because no disrespect. Said, Watch this. this. <laughs> <laughs> because Chris said something that was interesting, and I appreciate him saying it. Like, he said, and these are black people. Like that matters, right? Like what what like what is it like you think that black folks that's trying to get the best for their kids is gonna not do that because it, like maybe some other folks wouldn't do that, you know, because it's like, oh, this black thing connects all of us, man. But where I grew up, right, in a place where people on corners so crack to their friends' parents. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like this is this is the world that I grew up in. So I'm just not surprised when these things happen. So Listen, if, what are you looking at school as, right? What does school mean to you? It means something different for a lot of people. I think for some white people or people that's at magnet schools, I think school is a place of enlightenment where kids are going to be educated. 
you know what school was for me? It wasn't a place where I was going to get educated. It was the gate that I had to pass through to go to college so I could have a better life. How do you, gra- I graduated with a high GPA and I went to college and I was remedial everything. Like, how do I have an A in AP English? One, didn't know there was an AP test to take, get to college, right? And then the professor says, we need your thesis. And I'm like, what is that? I've never heard of that before. And they're like, didn't you say you went to an AP English class? Like, because the school that I went to, that its purpose was not to educate. It was the thing that the barrier that I had to pass to get to where I need to. So when you say like, yo, in some of these schools and some of these places, it's black folks that's being the folks that's blocking. Like, because we talking about people's households. Bro, yeah, I, I mean, totally uh, but they don't have to block you. They don't have to block you to get themselves in a good school. They're in a good neighborhood already. They're in a good school. And someone comes talking about school choice or charter schools. And they're the first ones to jump out there like damn fools talking about, well, we don't need none of that privatization stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't need none of that for other people's children. We don't need none of that. Right. My kids in safe harbor. But mm-hmm. so, so, so they could do both. I mean, they could do one, but because, don't have to do the other. They could I mean, move into the good neighborhood, right. get in the good school and then shut their mouths when somebody come trying to get the other kids out, too. But let's go into the psychology of this. Right. Like if somebody if you don't know much about this stuff. Right. And you got something good for your kids and you black yes. and you and you've changed it and you changed the game and you got your kid into that good magnet school. And then these people come saying, hey, these charter schools, what they going to let me tell you what they're going to do. They're going to bust up all this shit that you got going on. These charter schools is bad for you and bad for your kids, right? And that's mm-hmm. all you got because the other side ain't got to touch you yet. And then it's like, oh, yeah. And, and, and why do billionaires care about public education? And why is this happening? Nah, you know what? That, this, is, this, is, this is only pushing segregation. This is, this, is why, this is why schools are bad. This new thing, charter schools, right? Just disregarding 60, 70 years of, ed- of educational history. Like, if we go into the psychology, not the sociology of people, but the psychology of a family, of a person, right? Trying to protect their family. I mean, that stuff just makes sense to me and I'm not surprised by it. That's, that's the only point that I'm making when I'm talking about we on our own. Until we, we don't have a collective consciousness. We talk about collective consciousness, like that shit is around the corner. Like one day we just gonna wake up and black folks are just gonna do things that help out other black folks. But where have you seen that? I would love to see it. No, I would, I would, and I'm agreeing with, exi- you. I'm agreeing exists, with you right now. I'm agreeing with you. Right. I agree with but, you. But, but it's to say, though, that poor people need to get a different attitude about life because we, we have just did, did the psychology of the bourgeois class. That's, that's hard to say, bro. We, we have just done, we have So now what we have just said is the stark reality is these are people who don't have your best interest in mind. You need a right. different game now. You're going to have to have a different game. Like you, you literally, you have opponents that come to you Yo, in all so, different looks. Mm-hmm. You need to do something different. Let me ask y'all a question. Let me ask a question to the group. And I, I know y'all gonna hate me for asking this question. Oh, but here I'm we go. Ask it anyway. What Everybody is it hates right. And so, and so, <laughs> and so, 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 when you look at the Democrats and their platform on education, right? Besides Cory Booker, I hate and maybe. Maybe Yang. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is for charter schools. Bloomberg. Right? But then, oh, oh, Bloomberg. Bloomberg is my guy. He's a candidate too? He, yeah, he is. Uh, yeah. He is. Bloomberg yeah, is definitely is. A, a, a viable candidate too. Yeah. But he anyway. One percent? No, he's he, he doing moved up to number three, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he so, moved up. I'm so, so, but, but, but yeah, my, my point is commercials. You got a, a halftime commercial at, at the Super Bowl. So, there you go. <laughs> okay. All right. There you go. Beyond that. <laughs> Republicans are pro-school choice. Why do we have to vote Democrat? 
You don't have to do anything. As, as, as black folks, why, why do why? you don't you don't have to do anything? But I think a lot of people listen, man. For for many of us on this call, on this on this podcast, that's mm-hmm. our top issue, right? But that's not everybody's top issue, right? Like so, if you got kids, that should be your top issue. I mean, maybe. I mean, it, but like, I, <laughs> I, I work. I work in education. I work in healthcare. My brother is a is a military vet. My dad's a military vet, and my uncle's a military vet. For them, who all have kids, military stuff might be their top thing. I'm not I'm just saying, right? Like, like the this kid is, should be the top thing. You said what? I mean. Yeah, that that and if you if you but why does it gotta be a top thing? This is what I don't understand. So like like this is what Democrats do a lot of times. Mm-hmm. If you pro-choice, if you pro-choice, right. it don't matter whatever else you for. Mm-hmm. It don't you could come with all kinds of other stuff. Just don't be pro-choice. And I don't mean in schools, I just mean on like the abortion mm-hmm. issue, which is so right. polarizing, right? So you got a lot of Republicans. The moment you say that women you know, can do whatever they want with their yeah, bodies, pro-choice, women there. can do whatever they want, all the rest of your agenda is out the window, mm-hmm. right? And same thing with Democrats. You can say, like, I believe in the poor. I'm going to give all kinds of money to every program in America. We have food stamps on every corner. We can give everybody everything. The only thing is, is I got the wrong opinion about abortion. And then everything's over with. Right. Reef, like, jump in. Reef. You're talking about cancel over. culture from the very beginning. From First of all, beginning. you know, I, I mean, I just take exception with the whole Democrat Republican question that you posed in the beginning. You take an exception I'm, with I'm, everything I'm, in 2020. Yeah, I do. That's a 2020. Like That's how I'm I, I love this energy, Reef. That's how I'm starting. You know what I mean? Um, you know, first of all, I'm an independent, but I'm in Pennsylvania. So I have to, you know, to vote in the primary, I have to register one of the two, uh, you know, two major parties. So, that's that's one. Um, two, no permanent friends, no permanent enemies, right? Permanent Damn. interests. The permanent interests are black children and what they, you know, a quality education. And so, you know, literally like, yeah, sometimes that makes strange bedfellows. Um, and at the end of the day, I may be, you know, with a democratic group on certain issues and vehemently opposed to them on, on other issues, right? And so I, th- I think that happened. I think you saw that when Arnie Duncan called out the white suburban moms and they got pissed off, right? Like, I'm sure he agreed with a lot of stuff that they said, you know, but, you know, in certain things, they were they were off the mark, you know? You, you see, you know, Malcolm talks about foxy white liberals. Like, they'll say a lot of good things that you agree with, and a lot of stuff, they're like, they don't care about your, you know, your child at that level, right? And so I, I think we just, I think we have to be more sophisticated and who we're, you know, supporting and what we advance. And there's some things that are just cross the line. And we say like, yeah, I agree with this part. I don't agree with that part. And I'm going to be vocal about it. So does this mean we only have one actual Democrat on this this podcast? Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm tripping. I'm learning so much. We only have one. I mean, yeah. We only have one. Democrat, it took a year to figure out where everybody is. It took a year to figure out where everybody is. I mean, and now we have buried it down. It's like Clue. We found the Democrat. We found <laughs> the Democrat. It's like Clue. So let, so let, let me answer the question, right? So in answering the question, I think that education is something that's really, really, really important. But I also, and, and I also think that, I think Donald Trump is fucking crazy. And I think that we can talk about all this school stuff and we can fight over choice and all that. And won't none of it mean a damn thing if this thing get nuked about it out of, out of the world. And so I think that there, for some people, that's what the decision is coming down to. I think that that guy is bad for the planet. I think Bro, that he is. Let I, me ask I, you a question real I, quick before you before you start dumping on Trump. Right. Have you looked at your 401k? Do you have a 401k? No. <laughs> Have you looked at it? <laughs> what does that have to do with it? He, he's not bad for the place. He's not bad for me. 
if, if, let me explain oh, something to you. Hold on a second. Wait a second. So, so only thing that I'm, I'm saying with this, right, is like education is a supreme issue for me. It is, it is really high, high for me. But I also, as much as I work in education, I also work in healthcare. And for a lot of families, that's their number one priority because they got sick kids, sick old people. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I don't, I don't want to put a value on where other people's rankings are because I've seen it be something different. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you ain't never been in an army and in the war, like, and truly don't know what's possible, it makes sense that that's not, that that might not be your thing. But for somebody else that's seen some stuff and behind the curtain. Okay, fine. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just going to make this negotiation then. Fine, uh-huh. fine. Education for me, because I'm trying to like make sure that my kids make it into the first world. Right. Don't work for somebody else. Right. So filling their heads right now and their intellectual development is 100 percent everything. Absolutely. I'm going to die with them having learned what they need to learn to Absolutely. actually to, to, to out, out earn others. If somebody else doesn't agree with me on that, that's fine. But do not preach to me Absolutely. about how I'm wasting my vote because I'm not voting against Donald Trump. And, and it's because I'm just on that one issue. You just on that one issue. Because for somebody else, their one issue is abortion. For right. somebody else, their one issue is Medicare for all, right? And, and, and I will say this, and I'm going to pass it back to Sharif because he was going to say something. But, but let me just That's say this. Good. It's not just education. I think actually the Democrats have some ideas about a lot of things that are not good. Right. Yeah, listen, I, 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 about the economy, about them. money, <laughs> about accountability, about like stealing from people who have talent, blindly, all of that. I don't just blind yeah. love Democrats and I push on them and I call it. I mean, I think that they go soft on a whole bunch of stuff. I'm just saying, and Reef will pass it back to you, but I want to be very clear on where I stand, right? Like, I think this- Where you stand is that you're going to vote for them regardless of whatever the fuck they do. Yeah, I'm going to vote for the person that can beat them. I am. I, I am. And and I'm I don't and I don't apologize for that. And also, but that's the beauty of agency, right? Like that's the beauty of us all having the right to vote, right? Is that we get to vote however we need to. Am I am I on the front line with y'all putting pressure on Elizabeth Warren? Hell yeah. Am I putting pressure on like the old cat? Yes, I'm putting Who's pressure the on Bernie. Because there's a lot of old cats. In Bernie, it. all of them, right? I was about all to say, of them. Yeah, all yeah. Yeah. I like to call Bernie the old dude, right? They're I'm all gonna, older than I'm baseball. Gonna, so. I'm gonna put pressure on him, but I'm also gonna do the same thing that you've always done, Chris. Regardless of who's in that office, I still got business I gotta take care of. Regardless of if our candidate wins or loses, right? Like a good education is still not promised, regardless of who is sitting in that seat for black people. We have seen that. 50, 60, 70 years. That's all I'm saying. And so, like, I'm prepared to fight. He just funded HBCUs. He just funded HBCUs. All right. Reef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Reef. Reef. The, the, Save us. Because <laughs> Mr. Mega Man is about to drive me crazy. Go ahead, Reef. Uh, Go ahead, Reef. I mean, Say something. And the thing about it is, he ain't even vote for Trump, but he loves just to stir, stir stuff He does. Up. He does. You know? He, does. Um, he might vote for him. I'm not gonna vote for him. He might. He might. He's gonna tell us. No, I'm just kidding. He's gonna get in that booth. (laughs) He's gonna get in that booth. He's gonna pull up his 401k on his phone, and he's gonna be like, "Brothers, I love you, but, but I'm sorry." That's not even funny. I'm mad about that. Twenty plus percent. Twenty twenty plus percent for a year. But look, listen, whatever. The um, (laughs) what what I want to say is, you know, this idea, like. Yes, I hear sometimes like, oh, you know, I think your first question was like, oh, Republicans are for pro-choice. Like, like, first of all, you know, people can be for things. That doesn't change why I'm, you know, people's reasoning for things or whatever. Like Trump could be for charters. Like, I don't care. I'm not going to stop supporting 
black families trying to find um, mm. you know mm. great quality options because Trump Trump also eats food, so I'm supposed to you know make my kids not eat. You know he breathes oxygen. So I'm not supposed. Yeah, like I mean, like what? Like I don't care. I really don't care what I'm, I'm thinking about. That's the opposite of black agency. That's the opposite of Kujijakali, a self determination. Like well, he agrees with that, so I'm not, like I don't, I don't, I don't care. You know, and so you know, at the end of the day, you know, we still have to. to, to are you are you a one issue voter? Are you multiple issue voters? Like that's the stuff that you have to you know figure out. And I still think a lot of this stuff is local. So we spend a lot of time talking about you know. The White House. There's a whole lot of local politics that have to be fought hand to hand combat to make sure that that uh, black and Latino and poor families are, are afforded the education that human beings deserve. One of one of those things uh, Stewart pointed to, and he had this campaign going on at Post, uh, was the whole centered around running for the school board. Like I yeah. think that's essential. Um, to, ever, to just like life run for school board ever. You, would you run? I would, yeah. That's beautiful. I would definitely run. I would support you. And then they would Google me and then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Chris, would you ever serve on a school board again, Chris? I mean, I feel like I'm more dangerous off the school board, but the reason I tell other people to do it is like, I, I actually feel like it's like, it's like, it's like training. Wait, You've got wait, to go wait. through it. It's like boot camp. If you will be a real education activist, yeah. getting an inside look on how the machine works yeah. firsthand yeah. Yeah. and shocking yourself with how crazy it is on the inside. Yeah. Um, you will be yeah. shocked. Yeah. Your first year, you will be saying, damn, all day long, right, for your first year. <laughs> and by the time you leave, you will want to, like, be a sniper, right? Like, because it, 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 but everybody's got to go through it. You got to do it, man. Charles, you got to do it out there in Oakland. Especially I'm never going to do it. Crazy. First off, that's never going to happen. But secondly, it, I worked, but I worked, I, I saw it up hand. I worked in the superintendent's office, brother. I saw it. For, for years and we became friends and I'm so grateful for your friendship and your sacrifice. I'm never doing that shit because I value happiness. Uh, Sharif, would you do it? It's terrible. I mean, I, I'm, I may do it eventually. I mean, so but Ray also no, Sharif, y'all got to run. Yeah. At least I mean, years. I've also, I've been to enough where I'm just like, it's one of those things you're, you, you know, you are jumping into, you know, a cauldron of mess, right? Like you, you know, just see even from seeing it from the outside and uh, just the ridiculous stuff that happens at, at school board. You know, my my issue with, with a lot of times and, you you know, in Philly, we have a mayor appointed. First, it was state, you know, state appointed or half of them were appointed by the state, you know, on the other uh, part from the city. Now the mayor appoints them, you know, and there's a big clamor for um you know, for voting, you know, there's a lot of folks like, oh, this, you know, this needs to be, you know, the democratic process and so on and so forth. And my thing is with the the school board, what I want to see, what I get nervous about is that the voting for the school board will mirror the voting for any other election, actually less. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I just, I don't always see how that's a direct line for, to support black parents because it ends up being, not black people voting, right? And then you get these candidates railroaded in in a lot of places and things like that, and just just more marginalization, right? Voting turnout is low. The folks who are voting are affluent, middle class, generally more white than than um than the rest of the uh, population that is voting in that particular election. And so I just get nervous about like, is that really the way 
Um, and I think, yes, in some ways, like you, we need folks and that's why we need more advocacy around that. So I support it when, um, when Stuart was really talking about that. I was like, yeah, you know what? We need more decision makers. We need people from the community to Listen, understand it, but it's, it's rough. I would support any of you brothers running. I'm actually on a hospital board. <laughs> so like not an education board, but a hospital board, which is also is equally crazy. And um, I, I, I'm definitely not doing both of those. I, it's, it's already hard enough working in both of those crazy spaces. I love them both because I'm serving the same people. But uh, let's go ahead and roll this in and wrap this up into final thoughts. And Reef, I'm coming right back to you. So just on this whole topic around like these folks that we just read about choosing and like waiting outside all night and like just your final thoughts for this episode that you want to leave with people. Yeah, I, I just wish you didn't have to wait in a line for 96 hours for, you know, a chance to get in the seat. You know, when Dr. Height came to uh, Philadelphia, he saw that, he saw the 96 hour thing. He saw people in RVs and tents and grandmoms being flown in from Arizona to, to sit here um, in these lines, right? And so he put a stop to it and made it lottery. People were pissed at him. They're like, how dare you take away my, you know, my access? And it, it was just struck me like, you know, there are people that have been try fighting and demanding access you know, for generations. Um, but the, the privilege to be able to, to do that and, and be angry about it was, uh, you know, was predictable. And I'm, I'm glad he did that. But, you know, there are a lot of situations like that. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, everybody deserves a school that you would wait in line for um, to get into. You know, some people are in line to get out of uh, equally as long lines to get out of other places. Mm -hmm. Chris? So, I mean, we started with the, the privileged parents trying to get into great schools. That's just the way this is. It's a game. It's happening in Minneapolis right now. The, the school board is thinking about redrawing the boundaries and the parents have gone crazy. Like they've just gone nuts and they're forming little groups. They have a private Facebook group that has 5,000 people in it and they won't let everybody in it, but they are organizing against the district. There's, you know, sharing information. And that, that has happened in my lifetime uh, of working on these things in Minneapolis multiple times. And it's going to happen in every, every city. And some of these people are the same people who will tell you that they are super progressive. They are, you know, they voted for Obama, all that stuff. This is my, my thing, like where we ended though. Uh, I, I'm an activist. I've dedicated my life to this. I write about it all the time. I'm building a platform so that the unheard can also be heard. And when we do that, we will encounter these very same people who will say, how are you legitimate to be in this? Why do you get to talk? You're not a teacher. You're not an educator. You've never run a school. You don't believe you work for billionaires, all that. Right. So what they're doing, they're testing your legitimacy at that moment to even be. Like to even show up and say what you got to say. And I'm, this is why I'm happy about the eight black hands and our audience. And, and the thing that we do is because we have broken new ground in that. No, I do get to be an activist. God damn it. These are my children. That is your system. And if you love it so much, good for you. But you play in a game like everybody else is playing when you're sitting in that damn tent and then running people against my people to stop us from having the same type of access to what we want and what we need. Don't bamboozle me. I have a right to be here. All of you brothers have a right to be here. Are people listening to us who sometimes feel like they're alienated and they're alone and like they should not be doing what they're doing and they've had some stupid professor in Michigan call them out on Twitter or whatnot. You tell that professor to go where he needs to go and to get out your face because it's a game. 
we're all playing it and we're winning. We're playing to win. And I want all our listeners to do the same. Absolutely. I'm going to go, you know, because this is Ray's topic and he will get the last word and then I'll close after him. But, you know, I, I've enjoyed the show, Ray. I'm, I'm grateful that you brought this up and I'm actually really grateful for this conversation and where it actually started and where we ended up. And my final thoughts, I feel like we've like, like not matured as a people, as a whole nation and country. Like, like we move further and further from concepts such as like interest convergence. Like, like we can't like make multiple decisions on multiple things, right? Where we can't agree on some things and not other things. And I think Chris and the, and, and the rest of the fellas, but mostly Chris did a good job of like really giving some examples of that, right? Like you can do all 98 things right. And if you do one thing they don't like, then they don't rock with you. Um, I don't feel at home in any of these places. I, I don't, I mean, maybe I am the registered Democrat, but I don't feel at home with Democrats either. Um, I don't think they give a fuck about me either. So, but as far as my interest convergence, we got more there. Um, but I know I'm just ready to fight regardless because it's been bad under everybody's rule. The, the other thing is, listen, like we said, choose whatever you want. If you, got, if you got to send your kid to a private school, man, hey, I'm really happy for you that you got to do that. If you saved, if you're the black person in your family and like you had to grow up eating government cheese and peanut butter that had hella extra oil on it and that white ass, uh, and that white container, and you got some money and you said, I'm putting my kid in a private school, Hey, God bless you, man. That's a blessing. But don't stop. The peanut stop butter was good. The peanut it, butter was good. Yeah, you had to broke your damn arm <laughs> mixing it. It so, was that. It was natural before there was natural. Pe- there was actually natural peanut butter before because right. you know what they couldn't afford chip, to put right? no additives in it. Right, right. They didn't have enough money for additives. You so know, it was actually pretty and, good. and if you came from that and you was able to send your kid to that private school, that's beautiful. That's a that's beautiful right. win. But don't stop other folks from being able to have choices and options. Right. That's when it becomes a problem, and that's when you wake up, beast, like. Chris and Ray and Sharif, right? Like that's the, cause this is the thing, right? Let me, I want people that's listening to have a real clear distinction of, of the two sides here. There is one side that says there's a wrong school to pick that you shouldn't go to, that you shouldn't be able to do that and other people shouldn't have a right to do it. And then there's another side, the one that I'm on, that's actually saying, go wherever you want. That's a beautiful thing because this stuff is broken for a lot of people everywhere. Like we know, regardless of where I send my kids, I'm just ready to fight in any constant, right? Like, and like all these men that's on this podcast as well, like just because they send their kid to a private school or a traditional public school or a charter school, they still got to be dads. <laughs> they still got to go up and do some work, right? So like, don't hate on other people. And the other thing, man, is like, like for the allies that's listening, because I know we got a lot of allies that's listening. This is what I want y'all to do in 2020. I want you to graduate from being an ally to a co-conspirator. And whatever that means for you, right? So an ally is somebody that might just say, hey, I got your back on Twitter, right? Or I see you and I like that. Or it's somebody that might teach at a charter school and raise their hand when they tell the educators to raise their hand, right? A co-conspirator is using the power to access the privilege that you got to actually help these people that you say you care about in lower, like, in, in, in spaces where they don't have as much motion, to get to where they need to get to. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. And we can elaborate that on, on a different podcast, but that's what I want the allies uh, of this podcast to do is think about ways of how can I become an actual co-conspirator? Ray, take us home, brother. Bro, so one of the things for me that I dread every April is my charter school lottery. And the reason being is because I know at the end of that lottery, there are going to be kids that are going that way now on the waiting list. 
there are going to be kids that are not going to be accepted due to the fact that I don't have enough space in order to offer them what they want. And to have those kind of conversations with parents or whatever, and to see the sheer disappointment in their faces when I have to tell them that they didn't get a spot, you know, also knowing that I'm going to work my tail off in order to get them in, they just have to be patient while we go down the wait list and, 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 you know, fill, fill the slots and whatnot. It's just, it's, it just, t- it takes energy from me uh, every year. And it just really puts me in a down space because, and I dread it because like we just started with uh, online applications and, oh, we may have 75 seats and it's only the seventh day of January and we have over 50 applications. So I know, you know, once we get to April, there will be about 300 applications for 73 to 500 applications for 75 seats. And it's like, what can you do with that? Because I know that the sending districts that um, these, these parents are running from are not servicing their kids to the, to the way that they want. That's why they're exhibiting this choice. That's why they want a school choice to be able to say, Hey, I don't want to put my kid in this school because it's failing them. It's failed me. It's failed generations of my family. And I should not have to be guilted into making this type of choice for my child. And so, you know, to see those parents out in Arizona in tents with privilege exhibiting that, but then them casting doubt on us or on black folks that exhibit the same type of agency to want different for their kids. Man, it's just exhausting. It is. But we're going to keep fighting for these families because that's what we got to do. And so every turn you make where there's a a place for us to advocate for kids, you're going to see eight black hands doing it. That's what's up, man. Hey, fellas, I appreciate you all. That's a Beautiful, wonderful way to bring in 2020, bring in a new decade. Uh, you all have been listening to the A Black Hands podcast, and we'll see you next time. Peace. You have been listening to the A Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecki, and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening.